Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the new year that we have here. As we look to you, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts to what you have to say for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So please turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. As we uh, look at this passage here, very important passage for our new year. Matthew 13, 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now if you drop down now to verse 18, for the explanation, verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and a none with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, Because of the word, by and by, he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixteen, some thirty. Okay, now, here we are at the beginning of the year. This is the first parable that the Lord Jesus Christ told. And it was taken from, as you can see, as we know, from everyday life. Something that everyone could relate to. They all understood what he was talking about when he was describing this common practice of sowing seed and what happens to the seed after it's sown. It was common practice. The sower would go out with a bag, with a shoulder, strap and using one hand he would reach into the bag and then cast the seed out in the process the seed was just just thrown out indiscriminately everywhere with a hope that it'll bring a good harvest and then he goes on 
and he describes four types of soil, four types of soil that the seed falls into. First, there is the seed that fell onto the roadway, the paths that were trodden down, the ground that was hard. That seed had no chance to take root. And so then came the birds that are described here. They were waiting. They were waiting for that seed, and they ate the seed as soon as it came. The seed had no chance of taking root. Second, there was the seed that fell onto rocky ground, but it had a thin layer of soil over it. And from that thin layer of soil, it looked good. It looked like the seed was going to bring a good harvest, but soon it became apparent there. It's just a thin layer. It's just a thin layer of soil. It was over rocks, and the rocks were blocking the seed from taking root. And third, there was the seed that fell into thorny ground, where the soil was just contaminated with weeds and roots and the weeds and thorns. And again, that seed appeared like it was, that was hopeful. It's going to bring a good harvest. But when the seed started to grow, so the, the weeds and the thorns grew also, and it became very clear the plant was going to be choked from the competition of the weeds and so forth. And then fourth, there was the seed that fell into good ground. Here was ground that was not hardened down, packed like a path. This ground was broken up. Here was ground that was not rocky. This ground may, may have been raked to remove the rocks. Here was ground that was free of weeds and thorns. May have been cleared of all the small roots of the weeds. And this ground gave the sower what he hoped for. And when the Lord Jesus told this parable, there were for sure those in this group that said, yes, that's a very good description of what happens to seed when the sower sows. Okay, fine. But for those, and that's all they got, what the Lord said, they didn't get the message. And verse 3 tells us that the Lord Jesus was not just speaking to the head. It says that in verse 3, he spake many things unto them in parables. There was a hidden message behind it. It was much deeper. It was speaking to the heart. And can't you imagine this scene there in verse 2 when this is a great multitude in verse 2. A great multitudes are gathered together. He went into a ship. He sat. The whole multitude stood on the shore. He's left the house where he's staying now. He's sitting by the seaside, and the word is spread in the region. He's there. He's accessible. He's already going there. And so then this big crowd gathers, and so he decides to step into a boat, And he sits down on the boat. The great crowd is in front of him. And you can feel the anticipation. And they're all waiting for him to speak. And they're asking themselves a question. What's he going to say? What's he going to say? Is he going to say something like, the time has come for us to overthrow the Romans and regain the land of Israel back to the Jewish homeland that God meant for it to be? Is that going to be his message? Or is he going to say that now's the time to bring your sick and I will heal them? Or is he going to expound some mysterious passage of Scripture? Or is he going to tell us why and show us the evidence that he is the long-awaited Messiah? So the crowd's waiting there. It's a very anxious time. And he speaks, and the first words that come out of his mouth in verse 3 is, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And the crowds hear that, and they, we can imagine they're saying, What? Do we hear that correctly? This is the great teacher? This is what we came to hear? This is the great wisdom that everyone has made such a big deal about. And he's talking about a sower went out to sow. And it became obvious that his message was not going to be easy to understand. You couldn't get it on the surface. You had to dig. You had to dig deep for what he was saying. And so the crowd gets very serious and they start to think and they start 
to picture in their minds the sower they're trying. And he's sowing seeds. And, and the Lord Jesus then directs them to focus on what happened to the seed. And he begins and he talks about these four places where the seed fell. He says in verse 4 that when he sowed, that some seeds fell by the wayside. The fowls came, devoured it up. And he uses this word fell, fell to describe what happened. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside in verse 4. We don't plant seeds like that. What we do, we plant a seed. We dig a hole. We put the seed in it. We cover it up. We put the water in it and so forth. But that's not the picture here. Here's a picture of a person just flinging seed out. He's throwing it out. It's a picture who has a person. He's got complete confidence in the seed. The seed is able to germinate if it just lands on the right ground. And he's not looking for the best ground. He's just throwing it everywhere. And the sower knows the seed is going to go everywhere. And what happens to that seed is going to depend on the soil. See, he knows that. And so, unfortunately, in the first case, some seeds fell by the wayside. Some of the seeds fell on the road. And that was the road that was stepped on. It was hard ground. And we could picture that seed just bouncing off the hard surface of the ground. It's laying on the surface. And the Lord doesn't leave us to wonder what happened to the seed that fell on the ground. He goes on and he says in verse 4, the fowls came and devoured them up. If we were there and we were engaged, you know, and we're really trying to, we might feel like crying out and say, no, 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 that's terrible. That was good seed. It was meant to germinate. It was meant, don't let those birds just come and eat it up. And the Lord paints the picture of these birds of coming and devouring up. It's obvious from this that the birds just didn't happen to be flying over. So, oh, look, there's a bunch of seed down there. Let's go have our, some seed. You know, what a feast. Now, these birds were tracking the sower. And, you know, it reminds me, down in Loretto in Baja, California, there's these great flocks of vultures. I've never seen so many vultures before. And they're flying all around. And, you know, there's great fishing water there in Loretto. And, and, you know, Mexico has a rule. I don't know why I have this rule, but they have this rule that you're not allowed to fillet your fish on a boat. You cannot do that. You have to wait till you get to land to fillet your fish because they don't want you to throw the heads and the carcasses into the water. I don't know why they don't want you to, but that's just the way it is. That's the law. So what's typically done down there is that the heads and the carcasses, after they fillet them, they're loaded up, and they take them off inland a little bit, and they dump them there. And so these vultures, that's where these vultures are eating. That's where they, they eat that. And so what's interesting there, you can see this, is that the vultures have gotten to know the vehicles of the fishermen. So when the vultures see those vehicles heading off inland, they start gathering already. They track them. They're waiting for the heads and the carcasses to be dumped out there. Those vultures know the vehicles. They're tracking. Well, in the same way, same way you could picture in verse 4, these birds saw the sower and the seed bag, and we can picture those birds, just like those vultures down there, tracking this sower, waiting for their opportunity. And meanwhile, the sower, he's frustrated with the birds, and they're his enemies. They're undoing what he's doing there. And so, and as the sower looks at the seed that falls on the wayside there, he thinks to himself, what went wrong? He's reviewing this. What went wrong? Why didn't that seed germinate? And the answer comes, it's because there was no soil. Actually, there was soil, but the soil there was hard packed. So unfortunately, the seed that falls on the road has no chance to grow. It's gone. But fortunately, that's not the only place where the seed fell. So the sower looks to where some of his other seed fell, and he sees this described in verse 5. 
Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. So that's an important description about this ground. It's where they had not much earth. That meant that there was this thin layer of earth over the stones. Now, the sower, he can't see that. The stones are under this thin layer of soil. So the sower, he looks at this ground at first and he says, oh, this is good. This is great. The seed is going to really take root here. It's going to germinate. There's going to be lots of fruit from this. And he sees there the seed fall on that ground. He says, good. I'm happy and hopeful about that. But then comes the word forthwith in verse 5. Forthwith, which means later. So later, he saw that the plant springs up very quickly, and that made him really happy. He thought to himself, oh, great, this rapid, rapid growth here indicates the plants are taking root fast. It's going to be a great harvest here. But the real reason the plant grew so quickly is because they didn't have any soil, deep soil to take root in. So it shoots up quick, and then comes the sun, the Middle East sun, the hot desert sun. The sun goes up and the plants have no resistance. Those plants had no deep roots, no to draw water from, to fend off the scorching sun. And because there was no unseen, deep secret source of water for these plants, the sower watched in shock and in horror as he sees the plants just dry up in front of his eyes and wither away to nothing. The sower goes back to pull out those plants, and what he sees is that, oh, there was only a thin layer of soil on the ground. And this is when he sees the stones that are under the ground there. And this is when he understood that what happened was that the reason they sprung up so fast is because they didn't have any source of water. The stones were there. And so as if the heartbreak, heartbreak for the sower, he's so hopeful. Well, again, unfortunately, the sower has had two disappointments so far. And the second disappointment was really the harder than the first one because for the sower, the first seed was an immediate loss and he really didn't have much hope for that seed when he saw the birds eat it up. But the second disappointment was worse because he, he didn't see at first those stones that were underneath there and he was so hopeful and that was a harder disappointment. Well, he moves on and he sees what happens now and he comes to the third ground in verse 7 where it says, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choke them. So here again, he's very hopeful for this ground because the ground looks so good. And the reason it looked good was just the seed landed on the ground where there was the seeds and the roots of the thorns and the weeds there, and they were just there also kind of like seeds as well. So like a second ground, he's hopeful. He's very hopeful that he's going to have a great harvest. It looks so good because he can't see again what's under the ground. But again, here he's so highly disappointed to see when all those weeds and thorns just come up with the plants and, and he came and, and like the second ground, the plants were there, but there was no fruit. And what happened is it described in verse 7, the thorns sprung up. And those same words were used for the stony ground about the plants. They sprung up and the stones sprung up and they were aggressive on the plants. And the thorns sprung up. They wrapped around and intertwined with the plant, those runners from those weeds, and they found the good plants they planted, and they wrapped themselves around, they choked it. And I mean, you know, it's like the sower could hear the plant saying, leave me alone, get your grubby hands off me. You're choking me to death. So the plant dies, and again, he's discouraged. He's frustrated with these. It's been three times now, very disappointing. But fortunately for the sower, 
the sower found that some of his seed fell on what was described as good ground in verse 8, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So here the seed finds good ground. It's not hard packed. It doesn't have stones in it. It doesn't have the thorns that come and wrap around choke. It's just good ground. It's free of that hard pack. It's free of the stones. It's free of the choking thorns. It reminds me of my rose garden, my house in 1987 when we first moved there. And my wife wanted to plant a rose garden in this patch of ground. It's about 10 feet by 20 feet. Been in my house, maybe you've seen it. But there was a problem with that ground, and it all had to do with a plant, a plant that I have grown to hate, this plant. It ought to be banned by the international group of plants, if there is such a thing. But anyway, and, and that plant is called the asparagus fern. Anybody know what an asparagus fern is? Oh, I, okay, so you also know. Asparagus fern is like, it doesn't stay in one place. It's very invasive. You can't stop it. It just takes over. And so my wife wanted this rose garden to be free of all, every trace of asparagus fern. Because it was an asparagus fern that was going to take over and it was going to choke the roses. So that meant that I had a job to do to move every trace of this asparagus fern. You know, it's little roots, you know. And so I had to free up the soil from, from all the asparagus fern. Well, so that meant that, that I had to build a soil filter to, to filter out the asparagus fern, which was essentially a wooden box, you know, about two foot by two foot square, with a very fine mesh, you know, at the bottom, so that kind of like panning for gold. You know, so I take a shovel full of this dirt and I put it in the box and I shake the box and all the asparagus fern gets trapped on the top and I get rid of that. You know, dig down two, three feet. She wanted me to. That was one of the hardest jobs I ever did. You wouldn't think that was so hard. That was really hard. It was a terrible job. But in the end, the dirt, even to this day, is free of asparagus fern. So, you know, beautiful roses. That's the kind of ground that good ground was. Good ground just wasn't there. Good ground was prepared ground. First, it was ground that was, first of all, turned up. And then it was like upset. Ground was upset. And then the bottom became the top and so forth. And good ground was broken up. And the clods of dirt were broken down. There was air spaces in the soil. And good ground had all the thorns and asparagus fern, whatever, removed from it. That's good ground. And that's the good ground that the seed was cast into. And the results, verse 8, other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Tremendous harvest. Just like Isaac had this great harvest in Genesis 26.12. Genesis 26.12, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. It's all because the good ground was prepared ground. It reminds me of the farmers next to our compound in Ethiopia, and I used to watch them. They would use the ox, and they used oxen plow, and they'd plow the land in this direction, and then they would plow it in this direction. And the whole ground, by the time they were finished, it was all broken up. It'd be turned over, and then the women would then go out, and they bend over, and they're, they're searching all through the ground for any kind of weeds and so forth and pulling it out. Good ground does not just happen. Good ground is prepared ground. And that's what the Lord Jesus is saying from this boat of this great crowd that's in front of him. He's describing the sower and the seed and the four grounds that the seed lands on, that falls on. 
And we can imagine the drama of the moment when all the eyes are fixed on him and everybody is waiting for the tie. So, okay, we understand, we have the description of the sower and the ground and the seed. Where's the tie-in? How does that relate to my life? And where's the deeper meaning? And you can feel the anxiety. And then it was all waiting for him to explain all he says. In verse 9 is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And no one knew what he was saying. And no one understood the deeper meaning. And there was one word that he used twice in verse 9 that really was the message of the sower and seed. And it was the word hear. Hear. This is all about hearing. The parable of the sower and the seed is all about hearing. It's all about how you hear. And even the disciples, they didn't get the message behind the sower and the seed. And he was surprised that they didn't get the message. In fact, it says in in Mark 4.10, Mark 4.10, when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that without all these things are done in parables. And then he said unto them, know you not this parable? How will you then know all parables? The sower soweth the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they also likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended." And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. So, finally, they understand, oh, the sower is him. He is the sower. He is the Lord Jesus. He's the sower. The seed is the Word of God. And the ground are the four different types of hearts of people. Everybody falls into one of these four grounds. These are the four different souls of people uh, described as the four categories of their heart or the state of hearing of their hearts. The bird that devours the seed before it can even take any root, that's the devil. That's the devil. And just as the sower scatters the seed everywhere, so God's word is preached all over the world, just as he said in Mark sixteen fifteen, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. We have Bob Brown with us here today. He's preaching the gospel in Indonesia to the creatures there. And just as the hard ground was the ground that had been trampled on and not able to receive the seed, so the first heart hearer is the category which represents the majority of people whose hearts are hard and the Word of God has no chance to take root. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God Fellowship and Tom Cantor would like to invite you to our Seder message and traditional Passover dinner on Sunday, April 14th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Come join us for a special night of music, food, and a biblical perspective on the Passover Seder. Experience this event in our brand new venue, The Vine, located near the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. The cost of this event is $25 per person, and the last day to sign up is Sunday, April 7th. For more information, please call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com. By searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 